Hello everybody and welcome to this special episode of the Into the Prey podcast. This is a special episode because today we're going to be speaking with a guy called Gareth Hydes, who's a friend of ours, Mary and I, and he's he's we've known him for a while, but he's a great guy to have a conversation with, particularly for um, people that don't go to church, people that wouldn't call themselves, inverted commas, religious or even spiritual, or certainly who wouldn't necessarily call themselves Christians. And so we wanted to produce this podcast for you, particularly if you're in that situation, if you've not really ever had a positive experience of the Bible or of going to church on a Sunday. Maybe you were raised in a Christian family and you went to Sunday school. Maybe you didn't. The, the podcast today is really for a wide spectrum of people who may have varying questions and be in different places when it comes to these kind of things. But we wanted to produce, Mary and I, we wanted to produce this podcast particularly at this time of fragility and sensitivity with the world that we're living in. A lot of confusion, a lot of questions and uncertainty really about knowing where to be able to reliably get answers to questions and who can you believe you turn the news on on a given evening and you sit back and you're listening to what comes through the tv or the radio or your smartphone or whatever and you just who, who do you believe with the conflicting contradictory lack of integrity from the government and from um, news sources and so on who do you believe who do you believe that's a question of our of our age isn't it and not only that, looking at the situation with the church that is often so hypocritical, contradictory, confused, as we've expressed in a printed form for our neighbours, you know, if you're listening to this and you're one of one of our neighbours who you've you know, you've received the the card through the post, we do apologise. We apologise about the state of the church. You're supposed to be able to look at the church or listen to what the church is saying and watch what the church are doing. And have a very clear impression of who God is. And unfortunately, the church are in such a chaotic state of confusion and contradiction. And I think many people listening to this will relate to the hypocrisy often that is seen within the church and within practicing Christians and so on. And we want to apologize for that. We want to say we're so sorry that that's the situation, that that's the lay of the land. And indeed, this is why this podcast, Into the Prey, Breaching the Chaos of the Church, that's why this podcast exists, is to go after the reality that is clear as day, that the, that the church, being a Christian, going to church, etc., 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 are virtually meaningless in the day and age in which we live. Such is the state of chaos, such is the state of contradiction and confusion and compromise. And so we do unreservedly apologise about that today if you're listening especially if you wouldn't consider you if you don't consider yourself to be a christian or go or to be a church girl or what have you but we also want to say that there is incomparably there is spectacular good news all the same and we believe fully that there is a transcendent spiritual reality beyond earth beyond the things that we see beyond the chaos that i've just mentioned that there is a good and loving and changeless, timeless, perfect, loving Father God who is the creator. He's the one who made all things. He's the one who made you if you're listening to my voice. He's the one who made me. He's the one who gives us ears and gives us mouths and gives us the ability to think. He's the one who made the tree outside your house. He's the one who created the heart that beats in your chest. And so we wanted to produce this for you to just listen 
to two guys, myself and my friend Gareth, just talking about this reality of who Jesus is, who he claimed to be, the reason that he was crucified, the historical reliability of all of that, and the incomparability of, of all of this, how this, how Jesus sets himself apart from any other inverted commas, religious leader, how Jesus is separate, how the Christian message, how the gospel, the good news of the Bible is distinct from any other message. And so if you're listening to this, we want to just say that when Jesus says that he's the only way, the only truth and the only life, he's the way to the Father, that was massively offensive at the time and it continues to be massively offensive today because it smashes the thought that is so oh so popular today that any which way suits you who am i who are we to say, say that there's only one way well that was the problem 2000 years ago jesus claimed to be the only way and that's precisely why he was killed so we hope this is a both provocation and a challenge but also a deep deep comfort and we continue to say to everybody that's asking the question who can you believe well in the midst of such a time that we're living in you can truly trust the words of Jesus as found in the Bible. So we hope this is a blessing. And it is okay. And anyone else listening, I will say that to you guys, that it's okay to be where you're at. There's others that are going through the same thing. The UK as a whole, Scotland in particular, but also the north of England and other areas, is well down the road away from Christianity. I would say, um, without wanting to seem overdramatic, but my heart breaks over the church in this nation. Okay, well, Gareth Hydes, welcome, my friend. How are you? Thanks, Nick. Um, yeah, doing all right, thanks. Down in London. Yep. Da- down south in London. Huh. Uh, we've, we've not seen each other for a while. Last time, I think we bumped into each other outside Palmerston Place Church in the centre of Edinburgh during the fringe of 2018. Is that right? That sounds right, yeah. You've got a better memory than me, I think. Do you want to just take 30 seconds, 60 seconds, something like that, just to say a little bit about um, who you are, what you're doing, and then we'll come to the main kind of crux of the of the convo. Yeah, that's that's great. Thanks, Nick. Uh, yeah, so, um, well, 30 seconds. Um, so, yeah, my name's Gareth. Um, I'm married to Sarah. We've got one four-year-old daughter and another child on the way, and mm. uh, I... I I love uh, and I'm very privileged just to get to uh, tell people about Jesus and I, I, and I love doing that and the reason I love doing that is because the difference he's made in my life and mm-hmm. I know that I know that if he's done that for me I, I know he can do it for anyone and and so uh, yeah just um, yeah just just yeah. love being involved with uh, with what God is doing yeah and that is for. Um... I'm guessing for most people listening to this podcast, that might sound like a, a slightly foreign thought to hear somebody talking about Jesus at all, let alone Jesus making a difference yep. in our lives personally. Maybe because we tend to think of Jesus quite a lot in historical terms only, or maybe in mythological terms. Maybe we don't have any real sense of Jesus' um, very reliable place in history. Hopefully we can talk about that in a minute. But yeah. Just to introduce it, make it a little bit easier for you um, to say for everybody listening is that we want we want to be able to talk about these kind of things, but in a way that enables enables everybody listening to relax. We want we want to be able to talk about spiritual reality. We want to talk about Jesus. We want to talk about the difference that Jesus has made in our lives, 
but in a way that makes sense. So yeah. let's let's just talk about let's just talk about Jesus then because ultimately it is all about Jesus. We've got this little um fledgling community here online and someone called Jesus Come. Yeah. And I know that as you've just said your your bread and butter is to be talking about Jesus, explaining him, teaching about him, worshiping him. So for for everybody listening, do you want to just say why you have in years gone by and then obviously now you've come into a place of being convinced that the claims that not only Jesus made himself but that the Christians make now are reliable claims yeah thanks Nick um yeah I think uh well firstly I'd 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 come from a place of uh, of personal experience and I recognize that that is uh, that is subjective evidence. That's something that I've experienced. But I think too often people can be, sometimes people I've met uh, have, have been very prepared to dismiss that and said, well, um, yeah. that's, that's, that's for you. That's okay for you. Um, but that's not particularly relevant for me. And yet, actually, that kind of evidence stacks up in a court of law. Uh, this mm-hmm. is my experience. Um, and I think, actually, we do need to be listening uh to, to people's experiences generally, but particularly when we're thinking about uh, who Jesus is and and looking at, at 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 what people say is the difference he's made in their life, and and I just say that to just preface just a little bit into my story, really, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. I I I I grew up in a in a, a Christian family. I'm very grateful, uh, and and I very quickly got into the religious stuff, and mm-hmm. and I very quickly. Uh, well, I, 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 um, I, I said that you know I live for God, and maybe I did on a Sunday. But the truth was, actually, uh, I gave little thought to God, and actually, a lot of the time, it was it was just about me. And uh, and, uh, and 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 although I made, I believe, a very genuine response to God's offer we'll talk about it in a little bit in a moment but god's mm-hmm. offer of forgiveness and the mm-hmm. promise of eternal life i believe i made a very genuine response to that as a as a child i very quickly slipped into the the churchianity mentality and and a- actually um i i was I, I, there was a, a discontent in me that actually if mm-hmm. it was just about an hour on a sunday then i, I wanted nothing really to do with that um, and I, I sort of came to a bit of a, a crisis point, really, in, in my in my early teens. I was still young, um, but I was still th- thinking things through. I knew what I was thinking about, talking yeah. about, and uh, sat down with a friend of mine, and, and we we opened the scriptures together and the Bible, and, and I just read um, just about the life of Jesus and, and a lot of this stuff I'd learned before growing up in Sunday school and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I knew some of these stories and uh, the miracles and who Jesus claimed to be and what he said. Mm. But I, I came to a, that crisis point thinking, hang on a second, if this stuff is real, mm-hmm. if this is true, that Jesus was who he said he was and did these things and said these things, then it's, mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with a Sunday. It's mm-hmm. got everything to do with knowing mm-hmm. the God of heaven, the God of mm-hmm. the universe, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and when I realized that, I, I was also conscious of the darkness in my own heart. 
and and, mm-hmm. and I realized actually, and we're we're going to go on to talk about this in a little bit, but I realized actually that I I had a huge need need of God to yeah. come and wash me clean, and, yeah. and so I called out to Him and I said, God, God, would you come and come and meet with me? Would you come and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I don't want just this to be a game, and I, I want to live for you, and um, so that mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of where I I'm coming from a little bit in terms of my story. And, yeah. and I think it's good to hear other people's stories. Um, mm. But I think it's also good to come back to the claims of Jesus. Um, and, and maybe you're listening to this podcast and you've, you've, um, you've, you've, you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've um, heard people talk about him, but maybe you've not looked into it for yourself. And I just, mm. I just want to encourage you um, just to take some time, read through mm-hmm. uh, one of the Gospels, and we'll come on to why we can trust those in a moment. But yeah. actually, th- as, as we come to God, Christians call it God's Word. That just means God God has inspired uh, the Bible, the Scriptures, and, and, and actually God speaks. It's like the words leap off the page sometimes. Yeah. Some of these things, again, like we were saying, that's all, all amazing. Um, I love several things what you said. Let me just highlight a couple. One is that the uh, the the, the, ob- the subjective, i.e., your personal experience, is is of immense value. Yeah. You know, so often, particularly when it comes to people having conversations about different things of significance, so often the subjective is belittled and kind of you know you know portrayed as being flimsy and you can't put any it doesn't really have much bearing on things and it's like you know um but actually like you say you can't in a a sense you can't argue with somebody's testimony you can't argue you you just can't argue with that you can ask about it you can say hey so the subjective is is really important but and, and i'm thinking as well as you're talking there about the specific focus of of where we are in scotland mm-hmm. um Slightly different to other parts of the UK, I think. But th- again, for people listening, I imagine there's quite a lot of people who are Scottish, local to the area of Edinburgh or thereabouts. And you know, you don't have to be you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to have any faith at all, really, to know that Scotland has got a rich history when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to things of quote unquote Christianity. Yeah. Um. That you know, the land of the book, that kind of thing even though we're actually living in a day and age now where the Scottish government are very close to making it prohibitive, you know, making it persecuting, having a kind of a Christian view on certain things. But as, as just to quickly say, it was a C.S. Lewis quote. This is what I was going to say that came into my mind there about the moderately important. I think all the things you're talking about from a, a personal level, um, I think for people, people will know of Aslan and Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe and what have you. Yeah. It was C.S. Lewis, wasn't it, who said that of Christianity, of Jesus, if there's one thing that he can't be, it's moderately important. <laughs> yeah. It is, and, and yet so much of what goes on in Scotland and in England and Wales and Ireland today across the West is that the claims that Jesus made and how reliable historically those claims are, yep. are are so often even by people who profess to believe them yep. they're treated as moderately important and that's one thing as c.s lewis says there's one thing that it can't he's, he either is who he says he is and therefore he is of the utmost importance or he's not and therefore why even bother doing this podcast about him yeah yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I just want to just take a moment to acknowledge other people's subjective experience. And actually, mm-hmm. there may be people who have, um, you know, who have experienced a form of, uh, of Christianity, uh, whether that's in the deadness of religion or whether that's perhaps in the hypocrisy of some Christians or some church leaders. And actually, mm-hmm. uh, the that the danger is that when we're, when we're looking at who who Jesus is and why we should take him seriously, uh, the danger is that we we can import our own misconceptions. And so, wow. actually, I, I do want to take a little bit of time to look at some of the objective and what and what Jesus actually said about himself. Yeah, because um, yeah, the danger is that we can let past experiences from our own. Um, background or or past uh color actually who, yeah who who the objective truth that's really good yeah. so so what we're saying is the subjective i.e our personal experiences are valuable deeply profoundly valuable whether positive or negative yeah. but they're never based they're never based that's not what makes the difference what in other words the object the objective truths i.e the things that are true regardless of what we think about them personally. Yeah. This this desk that I'm sat at is white. It's not black. It doesn't matter what I think about it. It's white. Yeah. Um, and, and yet the subjective personal experience, again, either negative or positive, is always based on that objective truth. That's what you're saying, I think. Yeah. So let's talk, talk to us about these objective claims then, because I think that's what people may or may not be familiar with. And again, Gareth and I, as we're thinking and talking now, we're we're kind of desperate to make it clear this isn't Jehovah's Witness. This isn't we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We're not from a sect or a cult. No. We we're talking about traditional inverted commas, orthodox and in inverted commas, Christian faith. And yet as you just gently alluded to that, the Christian faith, the church scene generally is is a mess. And so it's no wonder that people listening to this conversation, um, and we've said this in in the little cards that we've sent out to people, we've we've apologised. We've apologised about the confusion yeah. and the mess and the contradiction and the compromise. So, mate, talk talk to us about these um, these objective claims that Jesus made. And for the moment, at least, we'll just park the kind of confusing mess to the side. Yeah, that's great, Nick. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I just want to begin by just saying that that firstly jesus was a real person who really walked the earth his his existence is historically verified um mm-hmm. i i met a, a lady on the street um a couple of months ago who who sort of came came up to me i was out with some christian friends and we were telling people about jesus and uh, she sort of came up to me and sort of sarcastically just said uh, what when are you going to give this up um <laughs> you christians out here doing this when are you going to give it up? And and uh, and and I sort of looked at her. And I said, "Give what up?" And she said, uh, "Well, he never existed." Hmm. And I just paused for a moment. I just looked at this lady, and I just said, "Excuse me, madam, could you just give me the name of one historical scholar that believes that Jesus never existed? Could you could you just give me one?" Mm-hmm. And uh, she sort of repeated some of her former claims about you know us wasting our time and whatever and she she walked off mm-hmm. and 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 I've 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 not yet heard one one person uh, who can give me a name of a historical scholar who who never believed that Jesus of Nazareth existed 
Um, because because he did because his his fingerprints are all over human history. Um, mm-hmm. He he has such a profound impact. He's probably the most famous person to have ever lived. Mm. Um, and and his existence is historically verified. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't. I'm I'm. I'm I'm yeah. The, 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 the person that kind of queried that, I would say that's quite unusual, actually. It is. Um, it is. It, it, maybe, it, but it, it, let's just make it quick and clear here. Like, yeah. nobody with with a with half a brain would really claim that Jesus didn't exist, no. or even actually that Jesus wasn't crucified. That 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 historical fact, whether you look at Josephus, whether you look at the biblical. Uh, accounts themselves yeah. and the reliability of them actually despite the reputation from naysayers about that which is just wrong yeah um th- th- there isn't really much there's no there's no credible doubt is there about his his life no and also then his his, his actual death on a cross absolutely nick but but the, the key then comes in uh uh was he who he claim to be did he rise from the dead and that's Mm -hmm. that's overwhelmingly the claim of of the bible of the of the gospel accounts yeah and so what you're so what you're sorry i'm going to keep on chipping in here because this is really helpful so so you're you're saying really that there's no credible question mark over his life so so firstly his existence yep because some people like want to say that he just never was yeah and then secondly his life and his death in israel as a as as documented on the eyewitness accounts that you know we call the gospels in the bible so there's no real doubt so it comes back to a different question doesn't it this is this is where we don't like to think a lot of the time because because of the implications that stare us back in the face mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and because because for instance let's take one of the one of the, one of the claims the bible claims that that jesus uh is the creator the bible says that that by him jesus all things uh were created that have been created and um uh, sort of in line with this because if that's true that's 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 big and yeah. um I, I i often challenge atheist or agnostic friends or or uh, people that i meet who say they don't believe that that god made the world or jesus was involved in any of that um because Actually, to say that there's no God, that there's no uh, creator of everything that we see, you know, the the the, the sunset, the the leaves mm-hmm. on a tree, where, wherever you want to look in the natural world, to say that there is no creator is is a position of faith, um, mm-hmm. be, because because actually, um, if I was to say. Uh, uh, According to Google, there's about a hundred billion cells in the average human brain. It just just taking oh. that as an example. If I was to say to you, Nick, that actually mm. those hundred billion cells in your brain uh, came from literally nothing, <laughs> you, you you would tell me that I'm I'm crazy. And yet the alternative, if mm-hmm. there's no God, if 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 this all just happen from literally nothing from a vacuum from from nothing mm-hmm. then uh, <laughs> it mm-hmm. leaves you in a place of nonsense and and yeah. and actually jesus being the creator means that we, we've got to sit up and listen to what he's got to say mm-hmm. um 
and 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 it and it it, it can be trusted. I mean, we, we we picked up just a little bit on 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 uh, the the historical accounts, and if if you compare the Bible to any other book of antiquity of mm-hmm. uh, of ancient texts, the 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 Bible firstly is the most scrutinized. It's mm. the one that has uh, has taken the most beatings, where scholars mm. have, have have written about it. It's also uh, uh, the most uh, read book, the most uh, bestseller every yeah. year, isn't it? It's it's really a, a, an incredible book. Um, but but actually, pe- people try to poke all sorts of holes in it, but are not prepared to apply the same criteria. To any of the others, I've got a couple of numbers here. Uh, the works of Plato. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's incredible the amount of manuscripts that we've got of Plato, of, of early manuscripts. We, we, mm-hmm. We've got seven, and 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 the earliest of those is 900 AD, which is 1300 years after they were written. Mm-hmm. And when you compare that to the New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, we've got 26,000. Uh, manuscripts in 11 different languages uh, mm-hmm. the earliest complete manuscript of the, of the whole new testament coming about 320 330 ad which uh, as a complete package mm-hmm. deal coming uh l- less than three 300 years after the death of jesus is quite staggering compare mm-hmm. that with 1300 years and yet i i've not met one person who would tell me well plato didn't actually write that Mm-hmm. And and I think yeah. actually when we take a step back and we actually apply the principles that many apply to historicity of documents and 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 the science behind all of that, actually the Bible stands stands head and mm-hmm. shoulders above the rest. It does, it does, and I think that's it's important just to bust the myth about this, particularly from um, our Muslim friends, you know, guys who would, uh, you know, of the Islam faith you know that that's one of the big things they'll say is that the the bible can't be isn't isn't reliable um or it doesn't have to be a muslim of course it could be somebody of no faith at all or you know the point is the unless you look into these uh into the manuscript historicity and as you say the way that they've been scrutinized you're not going to know, are you? So it's important to ask us. Ask ever. We we all have to do this regularly. Like, why do we believe what we say we believe? Yeah. Um. It's it's a healthy question, and that includes asking yourself that if you don't believe in anything particularly, like you're saying, like the, the staggering uh, things, the realities that we're surrounded by every day is they're constantly um, demanding of us that we we exercise faith in one direction. Like you you talked about the number of brain cells. You know, I, I had the privilege on one occasion to see open heart surgery as part of a previous job. You know, I was in a theatre there with two surgeons and my I was in the middle looking into this patient's open thoracic cavity and their heart. They were having bypass surgery and, you know, having, you know, their heart emptied and then filled and then sewn back together. You know, it's just to, to believe to believe that there is no creator having seen that would require more faith for me. Or that, or that the sun rises perfectly and, and and sets perfectly every day, so that it warms the planet and doesn't obliterate it, or it doesn't free. You know, all of these finely balanced elements of life that we just norm, we just accept as being normal, and yet actually, what we're saying every day 
by either consciously or, or subconsciously not thinking about them or the implications of them is that our faith is just in the randomness of that, like you say, from nothing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because because the problem is when you, 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 you're confronted with an alternative um, and the alternative is if actually everything didn't come from nothing because that is actually quite a bizarre claim. Mm-hmm. If if there is a God who made everything, a God that the Bible speaks of, the God who uh, didn't just make everything, but the God who enters time and space, mm-hmm. the God who didn't stay far away, but the God who came near, the God who uh, who, who stepped out of heaven and was born as a person. Mm-hmm. That incredible name for Jesus, Emmanuel, um, which literally means God with us. We'll probably see it, uh, you know, we might see it here and there over Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. That's mm-hmm. uh, inc- incredible. And, and, and just, just linking on with that, I think mm. one of the biggest misunderstandings about Jesus is why on earth did he come? Mm-hmm. Why did he bother um, because, you know, people have different opinions about, about Jesus. Um, they did in his, when, when he was walking the earth, Jesus said, who, who, who do the people say that I am? And some people yeah. are saying, well, you're a prophet. You're, uh, you know, maybe you're, you're John the Baptist come back from the dead. Maybe you're, you're, you know, you're all sorts of things. People have their opinions, mm-hmm. but actually who, who did he claim to be? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I think that's, that's a, a great a great question yeah. um, because so this is the sub, this is the objective things that we were talking about a few minutes ago isn't yeah. it so maybe summarize for folk listening just what did what did Jesus claim not only to be the objective yeah the objective realities but that immediately sets him apart you know one of Jesus thing famous um, things that he said was that he was the only way the only truth and the only life didn't he? Yeah, he said, "No, no one comes to the Father except by me." And it was precisely because of that that he got killed on a cross because it was because that was so offensive. Yeah, yeah, uh, that wasn't what people wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Because actually, the moment that you say there's no other way, it means that actually my own goodness can't get me there. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't get to heaven in my own goodness. And, and, and that's offensive because it, it takes it out of our hands. You see, um, uh, m- many, I'll say most, world religions, the sort of the message is that if you do enough good things, if you sort of climb that ladder of religion high enough, mm-hmm. uh, that one day, if God's in a good mood, maybe he'll accept you. Oh. And we get this sort of this, this picture of, of, of good outweighing the bad. But, you know, if I think about that for a moment, Nick, if, if I said to my wife, you know, uh, bin day is, is Monday in our house. If, uh, if I'd, 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 I'd tied up the, the black bin bags and I, I put them in the, in the hallway and I just said to mm. Sarah, I said, don't worry, darling, I, I don't need to take the rubbish out today. She said, what? I said, no, no, I'm just going to spray some of your, your perfume on them. And actually that will make it all okay. <laughs> she'd look at me strange again and she'd say, no, come on, just take it out. You see, sometimes we can look at our good things and bad things, which, by the way, they're very difficult to quantify. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> or one good thing equals one bad thing. Well, I don't think it works like that at all. Um, mm-hmm. But what needs is not the good to outweigh the bad. What needs is the bad to be taken away. Mm-hmm. The rubbish needs to be taken out of the house. Yeah. And, 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 and that is why Jesus came. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He also said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save lost people. And, and what does that mean? He, he came to rescue people. Mm-hmm. Now, now, if we say rescue, that means that we need rescuing from something. Mm-hmm. And um, I think most people will be aware of things in life. Uh, the Bible calls them uh, sin. It's an old-fashioned word. But really, that is the times when we... Um, well, we, we break God's laws. Um, God's given us, well, many laws, but Ten Commandments are very famous ones. You might be familiar with some of those if you're listening to this. Uh, don't don't steal. Don't uh, you know, honor, honor your parents. Uh, don't mm-hmm. murder. Um, yeah. Most people get can get on board with some of these, but actually includes stuff like actually don't have any gods before God. Don't worship mm-hmm. anything apart from God, and actually, idolatry. Yeah, yeah. we've 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 all done that. Mm-hmm. We've all done that, and and actually, if you think about it, like a like a sh- a ship in a harbour that's put the anchor down, how many links in the anchor chain would you have to break for the ship to be cut adrift? Just the one, just the one, yeah. and actually. It also says in the Bible, actually, if we've broken one of God's laws, we it's like we've broken them all. It's like it's, yeah. it's one pane of glass. And, 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 and so we need to be forgiven. And that's why Jesus came on that rescue mission. Yeah. And of course, we are talking again, painfully aware that we're talking into a context where for the average person on a Friday or Saturday night sitting down to watch Question of Sport or Strictly Come Dancing or just the the news or a film or whatever, the concept of morality and and the word that you use, sin, and and the solution to the sinful... Like, again, just to encourage people listening to this now, just think about the obviousness of the existence of evil. Yeah. And conversely, good. Good and evil, righteousness... And unrighteousness again, old words, but it's it's an obvious reality, isn't it? If you t- if you take somebody like Richard Dawkins, whose logic eventually goes to the conclusion that there is no there is no such thing as good and evil; it's all just random chaos. Yeah. And yet, you can look at the world. Just one news bulletin, you can see that the world is suffering. That people are suffering the effects of evil on a daily basis. And that ranges from gross, abhorrent uh, realities to just, you know, know, smaller things like being cheated, you know, could be any number of things. You know what I'm trying to say? Just robbed of some change at the the petrol station or, you know, whatever. So, but it's just to encourage people before we just, we've run out of time, but it's just to say that we're talking about a man who claimed to be God and who claimed to die, not just to make some kind of political point, but as a supernatural reality. John the Baptist, you just mentioned, called him the Lamb of God. And he said when Jesus appeared at the beginning of his public ministry, you can see this at the beginning of the Gospels, where 
John saw Jesus and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. And this this is it, isn't it? What we're saying is that Jesus made some objective claims, i.e. that he was the only way, the only truth and the only life, the only way to the Father, and that the precise reason that he had come was to die on a cross in order that what? What what was the point of that, Gareth? Tell us. Well, he was the innocent one taking the place of the guilty, of 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 you and me, of of of, of people, and 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 what he was doing was he was paying in full the price demanded of sin, and 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 the Bible says that uh, sin's payment, its wages, is mm-hmm. is is death. Sin leads to death. That's. That's Romans chapter three. Yeah, yeah, that's why one day we will die um, mm-hmm. because of the the darkness in our heart. But actually, the, the the unthinkable is is that the Bible speaks of an eternal death, a, a place of a place of weeping, mm-hmm. a, a place of deep regret. Um, yeah. the, 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 the name hell conjures up sort of all sorts of different pictures in people's minds but but it speaks of mm-hmm. a place of weeping where god is not mm-hmm. and and that 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 god was so unhappy that that would be the result of sin that he mm-hmm. sent his own son on that rescue mission that's how much god loved the world in fact if i was to leave it with one verse mm-hmm. uh, my perhaps one of my favorite verses in the whole bible john chapter 3 verse 16 saying that god so loved the world he so loved you if you're listening to this god loves you he so loved you that he gave it was a gift his one and only son jesus that whoever believes in him would 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 not perish death would not be the end but would have eternal and everlasting life and and that 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 is god's offer and Jesus can offer it to us today because he's alive, because though they put him in a tomb, he died on that cross as the perfect lamb, the perfect sub- substitute. We get that idea in, in sports, one taking the place of another. That's what Jesus was doing. Yeah. They put him in that tomb. Uh, but on the third day, mm-hmm. he rose to life. He appeared to many people, over 500 people over 40 days. And and because he's alive today, he 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 can come in and do some open heart surgery. Because each of us needs that forgiveness. We need a new heart. Yeah. The Bible talks about being a new creation, and that's God's offer. The promise of eternal life. So many people don't have peace today. They don't have peace with God for eternity. And and, and God offers that, that you could know that you could know that you know where you would go. Not because of anything you've done, but because the finished work of Jesus upon that cross. And that's his offer. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that so clearly, mate. I think just bullet points to to, to close, but to say that we haven't even, we're just scratching the surface here, but we, we could have talked about the continuity of the Bible. So in other words, not just the reliability, but the way that the Bible is so harmonious through you know, centuries. So for example, Old Old Testament, you refer to the Ten Commandments from the time of Moses, but thinking of the prophets and Isaiah particularly, or David writing, if you if you just people making notes or mental notes, whatever, 
if you if you look at Isaiah 52, for example, and the description, the prophetic writings of Isaiah, seeing ahead of time the suffering of Jesus on a cross, and down into very, very specific detail, or Psalm 24, when David wrote, again, what's called a messianic psalm. So we could do another whole podcast yeah. on the continuity, which is another very reassuring reality here that is uniquely um, Christian. I want us to say two really quick things um, that the Christian message that you've just so clearly explained is uniquely Christian. There is no other world religion, inverted commas, and I do that deliberately, um, that makes the claims or offers what you've just explained. In other words, there's nothing that you or I or anybody listening to this can do no. to earn salvation or to or to cause God to love us more or less. It is it is literally as you've said a gift of a, of grace offered to us that we have the choice in faith to respond to or not, and that is a unique um, part of well, it's the it's the unique um, nuts and bolts of the Christian gospel of the message, isn't it? Which which is why to finish this is my final point um, to to say that I hope that it if nothing else this conversation has made folk think of the irrationality so it's irrational to think that any which way you want will lead to the same place and ultimately the the question as to why would jesus die and why would jesus suffer is because he made claims that upset the world as it was and indeed continues to so that we're not trying to we're not trying to um make something more palatable or easy to listen to. This is an offensive message. And it was then and it continues to be now is that we need Jesus. We need, like you were saying, we need to be saved from our inherent condition, which is irrespective of how good or bad we may think that we are. Yeah. Um, We're all in the same boat. Exactly. We're all in the same boat. And there's a unique problem and there's a unique answer. And his name is Jesus. Absolutely. Mate, would would you just pray for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Father God, I, I just want to thank you so much for this time. And, and I, I thank you for these deep, deep spiritual questions that we've been able to talk about. Um, and I thank you, God, that you are mm. not the distant God. You are the one who comes near and you came near in the person of your son, Jesus. And I just want to thank you that you came to rescue that you came to forgive to show mercy to show grace that we don't deserve thank you Jesus for laying down your life on that cross so that we could be reconciled so that we could be welcomed home thank you Jesus for conquering death so that all who will call on your name can and will be saved thank you jesus that it says in in the bible that everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved that's a promise we can take to the bank god thank you for that and i just want to pray that you would come and just yeah just illuminate our hearts even as we're listening to this podcast come and reveal our own need of a savior and show us your perfect solution, God. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen.
Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. We trust it, particularly for our neighbours who've tuned in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting us enough to listen to a podcast. And it's more than likely that this has thrown up 101 other questions, new questions. But please do get in touch with any questions. You have our contact details. We'd love to hear from you. We'd be very happy as well to pray for anybody that would like that at this time. Just send us a message or feel free. Please do feel free to knock on the door and say hi. Until next week, we pray that you know peace and hope at this Advent season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.